right. Hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are back to playing Call of Cthulhu tonight. Uh, we are continuing our Eternal Lies campaign. And some people, I'm not going to say who, you might be able to figure it out if you're watching, uh, are really committing uh, to their to their cosplay and to the bit. And uh, I appreciate those people. The rest of you, you can leave. Uh, but uh, <laughs> God damn it, long. <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio only podcast, or if you're just sitting uh, on your couch or whatever and listening to this from afar, uh, Long has a pillowcase over his head uh, because yeah, Patrick is is currently uh, is currently ha has been captured by a, a very mean man. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see if he's allowed to take the, the hood off. Uh, all right. Well, we got to hurry up and go through introductions so Long doesn't suffocate inside of the pillowcase. Uh, so Stephen, quite light actually. Oh, really? Okay, never mind. Take I can see time. through and breathe it, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Stephen, who are you? <laughs> I am playing Pastor Zephaniah Wood. I am an ex-Texas Ranger, uh, current evangelist, uh, and I uh, will protect myself in self-defense using any means necessary and whatever is at my disposal. Mm -hmm. You just get your, get your words ready for the judge. There is literally no way Pastor Wood would get off for what he did. Uh, next up, Marie. Melissa, tell us about Marie. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Marie is the, uh, musician of the group. Um, she's generally, um, good in situations of getting to kind of charm folks and persuade folks. And I think we, at one point last session, sort of discussed that maybe we flip-flopped perhaps a little bit of who went where and who talked to who, because, it's possible, though not necessarily guaranteed, that Marie might have been able to uh, talk to someone in a different way. But uh, Melissa is very glad that Marie is not yeah. the one who's in Patrick's situation right now. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I don't think anyone really wants to be in Patrick's situation. And I don't think Pastor Wood's situation is particularly great either. Probably better than Patrick's. I don't know. You could go either way with it, to be honest. But the the three of you are in a great situation. You're walking around UCLA campus. It's a beautiful day. You got a hot middle aged man, little silver fox, giving you giving you the tour. Uh, what could be better? I mean, honestly, what really could be better? I would be down for that. Uh, next up, Shima. My try tells about Shima. Shami is your certain researcher, and for all of the reasons Jeff has said, sees no reason to rush back. He's gonna just languishly like walk around the campus, get some sunshine. It's gonna be great. And you know, maybe yeah. just count things that go to ten on her fingers for <laughs> no real reason. Just Fantastic. Just excitedly count to 10. <laughs> I, have, I have extensive prep notes as to the UCLA campus, every building, every place. I mean, all of it. Historically accurate, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. And, 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 and terribly prepared. Uh, so, yeah. So we could we could just tour this campus all day. No problem. Wouldn't be the first time <laughs> I've given a campus tour. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Ashley, tell us about Dr. Beverly Key. I'm playing Dr. Beverly Key. She is our professor of anthropology. Um, and we just got a box full of goods that she's excited to go over this other uh, researchers, her history professor's documentation and see what he's got, what he's been getting into. 
Sorry about that. I, uh, I totally misplaced my mute button. Uh, yes, that's true. You do have some uh, belongings from Mr. George Ayers or Professor George Ayers uh, mm-hmm. that we get to sink into. Should be great. Who We learned he's kind of creepy. No, Nobody's upset so that he never returned. Yeah. It's so yeah. shocking, right? It's right? so shocking. Shocking that a suspected cultist would be creepy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, uh, Long, tell us about Patrick. You already know my name. I've told you a hundred times. I'm just a barber. I don't know anything. Long, take five more points of luck. That was beautiful. Well done. Well done. Okay. I love Long so much. I know, right? Oh, it's so wonderful. Um, okay, everybody else next week, step it the fuck up. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. So a uh, quick summary and then we will dive back in. Uh, last time around, uh, the group uh, Sans Shima was returning uh, from Echeverria's old pharma north of the city. And that's when you actually found Shima uh, in the lounge of your hotel uh, in the evening, talking the ears off of a middle aged man that she introduced as Ed Viper Exley, a former touring wrestling entertainer and now an athletics coach at UCLA. Uh, The two apparently had met years earlier at a gig in Arkham and then again this morning at the Westwood Society, which was a a nearby gym and athletics club. And after some conversation, Ed agreed to show you all uh, or whoever wanted to some of UCLA and introduce them to Professor Hamish uh, Hamish McDunn, who is the chair of the history department, who might have some information for you on George Ayer. So the next morning, uh, Shima, Bev and Marie, you all headed to the college while Pastor Wood and Patrick, you decided to follow up on Jack Pisner, the private investigator uh, who apparently paid construction workers to keep an eye on Echeverria's old farmland. Uh, At UCLA, you all spoke with Samantha Burnish, who who is the department secretary and Professor McDunn, who's again the head of the history department, Burnish. Uh, as uh, Ashley's already referred to, uh, very glad to be rid of heirs uh, who left for Africa in 1924 to pursue a dig at some kind of ancient site. And McDunn said that heirs initially was sending back reports about the dig, but they stopped eventually. And he just basically assumes that heirs is either dead or has gone native at this point because it's been so very long. Uh, Burnish kind of gave you some other things as well, specifically to Shima. So there were some various decorative items from his office. There was the itinerary that she booked for his trip. Uh, There was an autographed photo of Olivia Clarendon, very famous actress. There's an old address book and some of the research that he had left behind. Shima was able to do a quick skim of that research, which basically told her that Ares' work involved old religions, uh, and it primarily involved Golgoroth, which was an entity... And, and, excuse me, Golgoroth, and then an entity known as a liar from beyond. And there were some sort of theories that he was starting to try to piece together about their relationship to one another. Are they the same, different, etc. cetera. Uh, meanwhile, Pastor Wood and Patrick, you found the offices of Jack Pisner on the second floor of a commercial building in the middle of Los Angeles. I want to stress that. Uh, Patrick, you tried to pick the lock, but you got caught by someone named Mo, who claimed to be Pisner's cousin. Mo threatened to call the cops, Pastor Wood grew ornery, and then Mo punched him in the face. Uh, Price and Wood, you left the building, not the area. Wood, you parked the car off the street and tried to give yourself a view uh, of Pisner's office. Patrick, you tried to find a phone to dial the office number, but when you were returning from that phone call, you got ambushed and you got knocked out. Uh, And when you awoke, you were bound to a chair inside a very noisy boiler room of some kind. Uh, Your attacker was Jack Pisner who asked you various questions about who sent you to L.A. 
and what you're doing here, basically. But he also did seem to know a bit about you and some of the people that you were with. He just wanted to know more, basically. Uh, interrogation escalated. Pisner eventually cut off your finger with your own razor. And then on the street, Wood, you got a little worried at this point. So you went back up into Pisner's office. You broke the door down with a gun in your hand and held it to Moe's head, who put his hands up, sat back down. And then when you turned to close the door to the office, he lunged at you. You fired three shots. Two of them hit Mo. One of them basically jammed the gun because it was a crit fail, if you recall. There were three shots. One of them got him in the shoulder. The second one got him in the head. And he fell back down into his chair, dead as dead can be. We are going to pick up right then and there. I need Pastor Rid to roll a sanity test, please, as you just killed a guy in cold blood right in front of you. I mean, my blood was feeling pretty hot at the time. Uh, I'll admit, I realized I need dice a little too late. Sorry, one second. You just make up a number as long as it's above 60. <laughs> That's what he's meant for sanity. I rolled a six, actually. I thought it was 60. I saw the okay. six zero zero. <laughs> okay. Uh, you are a Texas Ranger. There's no reason you would take any sand here from a, from a, a successful. So you keep it together, but... I would think at the same time, Pastor Wood, you're fairly, uh, you're a former law enforcement, former lawman. You just killed a guy in the middle of the, of the city on the second story of a commercial building where there is active business to going on three loud shots and there's a dead man in here and you broke down the door. I know Steven likes to give me shit, but Pastor Wood would know this is a bad look. So you look around the room. And you can see that the entire room is very like it's it's a, it's an office. It's not anything you know special particularly. Uh, there is a very small window on the side that you would assume goes out the side uh, of the building itself. But otherwise, there's no back way out. There's just the way back out onto the the balcony. We have these open open air balconies. Um, when you look around, you can see that there are stacks of papers everywhere, uh, bulletin boards, etc. There's a safe as well. A uh, big heavy-duty safe, and then there's the sort of the body of Mo uh, that's just sitting there, uh, blood blood coming down the face, blood coming down the shoulder, blood dripping from his arm onto the floor. What do you do, Pastor? Well, Mo, I'm sorry about that. Lord bless you and keep you. And I take out my bandana. And I very quickly do a cursory look of the desk, probably like papers closest to the phone for any recent notes and like an address book or an envelope with an address specifically for Jack Pisner's like home address. Okay. Uh, give me a spot hidden and the quality of your successes. This is all happening really, really fast. Uh, so unless you wanted to spend time here, that's fine too. If you want to spend a couple hours. No, no, I do want to be fast and it, it's okay, okay if I don't get much, uh, spot so, hidden 33 under 84. So that would be a hard success. Yeah. You, you could do, so you would need to get down to 16 to make that an extreme. I, I'm going to save the luck for now. You have 98 luck or 99. I have a feeling I'm going to need it here in about 10 minutes. Okay. It just. Okay, you fine, fine. I'll, I'll spend it. I'll spend it. In our How much was it? Like, I was looking for places to spend it, and then here, like, <laughs> no, here's a place no, to spend I, it, Steven. No, I'm, I'm planning on spending yeah. it this. Okay, no, uh, I'll spend the sixteen luck or whatever. Was it sixteen? Okay. I'll do the math, but I'll spend it. Okay, you find. Okay, first thing you notice 
uh, out on the right out right there on the desk. Very clear as day. Uh, there is a note that now has little uh, a little s- sort of blood splatter on it, a stain. And as you can see, some of the blood from Moe's head uh, is now on the desk. Uh, and it does seem to be a handwritten note. Uh, I will share it with you, in fact. Uh, and if y- I'll go ahead and read it because you're sick. I don't want you to have to read it. So I'll go ahead and read it. So you can see that it's, it's handwritten at the very top of this note. There is the letter W dash granite five, eight, three, two. You would know that's a phone number. That's how like they kind of used to look at. So that's a phone number and it seems to be for the initial W no name, uh, written in one, one style of writing or one, one color of ink. And then you can see there are notes and you immediately recognize your names. Patrick price young seems capable mustache, well-groomed, Carries a blade, is good enough with it to cause problems if you're not careful. Engagement announcement in the Arkham papers, money might work best on him. Then it says Beverly Key, academic if you can believe it. Doesn't like to get her hands dirty. Scares easily. Like most intellectuals, thinks she knows more than she really does. There's a big circle around that one and an extra note that says best option. Put the fear into her. Then Shima Oberon, Key's assistant, seems like. Don't know how smart she is, but she's feisty. She's a fighter, apparently. Uh, best to get key when they're separated. Good with her hands. Don't let her get close. Then there's you, Pastor Wood. He's a, he's no godly man, although he seems to say he is. Law enforcement background, from what we can gather. If he tries to leverage that, our boys as a department will sort him. He's caring, but he's old and slow and willing to escalate. And then Marie Wynn. What a jazz singer is doing in this, I don't know. Use her charm as a weapon, or uses her charm as a weapon. Don't trust anything coming out of her mouth. Now, the other thing you notice as you're reading through this very quickly is you can see that there's like a kind of like a Rolodex type of thing, like a like a, a bit of contact. And you notice that the tab for W has been pulled back. And you can see the number from that note on one of the tabs of this basically list of contacts that he has. Um, And it's filed under W and the name just says Captain Walker. No actual first name, second name, just says Captain Walker. And the phone number matches that kind of granite number at the top. Um, And that's that's that. And then did you spend spend the note? Did you spend the luck, by the way? Yeah, uh, I think it was 12 to get to a quarter. Okay. The last thing you'll notice, uh, and it's only because you spent the luck, is that there is a crumpled up note uh, that, again, you can see it is just like like someone just recently crumpled it up, most likely Mo. And inside you see handwriting similar to the handwriting in the note, the the larger note about you and your, your fellow investigators. It says, for the safe, burn this, you numbskull. And then it says L5R61. L5. Glad he didn't burn that. I take those three pieces of paper, shove them in my pocket, uh, and then I go towards that side window and I want to make a hasty exit. Okay. Uh, You hop out. Go ahead and give me... You're on the second floor. Uh, Yeah, I figured. I'm willing to take a hit here. Yeah, so go ahead. Instead of going out the front door. Let's give me... Let's give us a a roll. Um, I'm fine with this just being like a strength roll. Uh, just to sort of keep your keep yourself uh, from falling. Okay. 
Uh, not dexterity. Uh, if it's okay, you can say no. Yeah, you could take dex. That's fine. All right. Uh, I failed eighty-five over seventy. I will spend the luck if I can, the fifteen yeah. luck, to make it a pass. You nearly stumble and fall as you climb out the window, and you have to you have to squeeze uh, as it's so small. Uh, and you realize it's a sheer drop. There's an alleyway below. Uh, I need you to, uh, you can go ahead and roll luck as well. There's an alleyway below and you nearly fall down, but you manage to get your foot on some small railing. It's not a full balcony, but it's just a railing. And from that, you're able to kind of scale the rest of the way down, uh, and then eventually drop like the final 10 feet. Uh, give me a luck test. 47 under 72. Okay. You don't see anyone currently in the alley. There's people walking on the streets on either side, but there's no one, there's no like vagrants or anything like that or people cutting through. Uh, so you do manage to get fairly lucky as you hop down onto the street. From there, where do you I, go? I do a quick look at myself, make sure I don't look too disheveled, make sure I don't have any blood on me or anything like that. Um, and then I head towards the car. Uh, I'd probably okay. go roundabout way. Okay. You would definitely have some blood on you as he lunged for you and it was fairly close. So you probably have some, it's probably, you're not like co coated in it, but there's definitely definite blood splatter. Uh, but you can I do my best to this. clean it up. However best I can. Yeah. And then you head back. You've got red on your, you. Give me a stealth test as you try to go back nonchalantly. And that handkerchief right. has been passed around through like everything <laughs> over the it's last so soaked in blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cocked. Charmin uh, did her best to clean it. <laughs> 84 over 70. Um, I will again spend the luck to make that a pass. Uh, so it's 14 luck to pass. This is this is going to be contested. So it's just a question of oh, how, okay. how high do you want to go? So uh, 14 uh, will get you to pass. If you wanted to go even further, you would need to get down to 42. It's up to you. Up to you. 84 over 70. So I would need it to be 35, uh, which would be 49 luck. Yeah, that's I'll tell you. It. I'll tell you what this is for. I'll tell you what this is for, and then you can make a decision. This is for whether or not there's eyewitnesses that happen to see an old man leaving the alleyway. After nah, the I, yeah, I figured that. I, I'll spend the 49 luck. Okay. This is what I was planning on saving that luck for. It was this so right here. A hard success. Okay. Hard success. Okay. Noted. And you get back to the car. Still no Patrick Price, but we'll fade from that and we'll pick up on Patrick Price. Patrick, I also need you to roll a sand test as you just had your finger cut off. Uh, so give us a sand. Okay. I have 46 sand at the moment. Okay. Way more than your Delta Green card. Roll a 13, so we succeeded. Okay. Uh, again, uh, I, think, I think you're holding it together uh, for now. Um. He, as you, as you see, Pisner comes around, <laughs> he's got his, he's got your finger <laughs> and he's kind of pretending like he's sort of fencing with it here and there. And then he's going to kneel down and he's going to place the finger right on your knee. Now you're bound up your arms, your legs, all of you're strapped to this chair. You can hear the machinery is humming left and right. It's very, very loud in here. Uh, didn't hear those gunshots. Those you're un, you're, You have no idea that that happened. Neither does he. Uh, and he just sets it on his knee, on your knee, and he's like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> I 
here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you can go ahead and ask this, answer this question, and I'll drive you out <laughs> to the to the east, and I'll let you free. If you don't, <laughs> I'm gonna leave you here, and no one's gonna find you. And I'm gonna go find one of your other pretty friends, <laughs> and I'm gonna do to them what I did to you. So, what do you say, hero boy? What, what what's it gonna be? I can take your word for it. My word? Oh, a... Of course. Me? Of course. I give you my word. I won't hurt you anymore if <laughs> you just answer my questions and do what I say. What was it again? Who sent us? I know you out here. I know you with a group of other people. Very strange group. <laughs> what I want to know is who sent you? And what did they send you to do? You know the Winston Rogers family? He thinks. Yeah? What about him? Janet herself, the daughter of Walter. Oh. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay, good. Good boy. And he picks up the he picks up your finger and he pats you on the head with it. And then he places it back down on your knee. Okay, now, what did she, uh, what did she send you out here to do? Hmm. <laughs> do you Patrick know the, thinks. do you know the objective of the campaign long or is yeah, this? Yeah, we're, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Just Yeah. check>. <laughs> 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 Let me check my notes real quick. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing What's that? She's worried about her father. It's a late passing. Wondered what happened to him. Okay. All right. So Janet Winston Rogers sent you out here because she wants to know what happened to her father. <laughs> <laughs> you came all the way out here? You you lost a finger for that? <laughs> what do you know? Who are you looking into? What names do you have? I know Etevera. Etevera. I'm sure you he know nods. already. He nods. I know the name. <laughs> I know he owned that plot up there when when my boy saw you. You scared the shit out of one of them, but I had four others up there who gave me the phone call, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I know the name. I never met him myself. <laughs> who else? Um, I'll name his associates. Do you, so do we say that, do you, does Patrick give everything up? Do you say like Abraham like Bookwald and, and stuff? Uh, I'm going to be like as simple as possible, not just give him a name at least. Okay. So some names that you could give him, uh, Abraham Bookwald, the, um, the accountant that you and Beverly talked to, that's one you could give any one of the UCLA folk, um, so like Ed Exley, you had met the night before, who was going to introduce you to Hamish McDonough. So you would probably know those UCLA names. Uh, probably those related to Etcheverria is where I would go. Like just one chain off. So like his okay. accountant, his... Uh, so you would know Bookwald. Okay, so you gave, so you give that yep. name. 
and then uh, I think everyone knew the oh, name smart. Samson Trammell. Uh, that's name. That name has come up a few times. Um, that's the other one that you've seen who like paid for Echeverria's plot and stuff. Would you give that name up as well? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay. And you just you see him. He just kind of lets out. Well, well, well. Look at you, regular Dick Tracy. <laughs> well, I'm a man of my word. I really am. And so, like, without even hesitation, he grabs a blackjack and whacks you across the face with it, and you go black. All right. We cut to UCLA, beautiful sky, cool breeze, just a few tiny, very white clouds in the sky that don't threaten rain whatsoever. Palm trees in row after row, beautiful people everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And we'll say that for a little while now, uh, you, you, you've been wandering around the campus. Maybe Ed Exley has joined you all and you are kind of touring the campus. Um, and he's answering whatever he can. Uh, he's certainly not an academic, so, you know, there's only so much. He's a little bit of a mimbo, uh, but uh, but he will answer the questions as best he can. Uh, but what would the three of you at this beautiful, absolutely nonviolent locale like to do? So uh, We don't have to role play it out, but uh, I would... Like Shama is very definitely gonna be like, oh, what a beautiful day! I'm having the nicest time. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm so very uh, pleased we'll, to hear that. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, want to go to the bookstore, and okay. we'll look kind of longingly at <laughs> t-shirt or jacket, and then yeah, kind of resignedly buy a keychain because that's all she can mm-hmm. afford. But, you just but, see like uh, these classic like like Letterman type sweaters and things like really old school stuff like for us anyway. And it's just yeah, yeah. It's cool, right? Yeah. All sorts of things. UCLA this, UCLA that. Um, OK. And, so, yeah, uh, she walks up with a very like slightly tragic looking key <laughs> but one that she loves and is very proud of. OK. And I mean, the whole that time looks like that will be great for your your office key. Oh, doesn't it? I'm very proud of it. I think it's going to be great. And there's clearly nothing else that we need to be thinking about right now. So this is fine. I'm very excited about this keychain. We've got such, such lovely information. Got to meet some new individuals. You got to spend some more time with Mr. Exley. It's just been fantastic time. Do you think he and Dr. Key like each other? I hope they do. Well, I'm just not quite sure, but we could certainly, you know, I would imagine a campus like this would probably have a cafeteria that we could grab some lunch before we maybe give a call back to the hotel and see if uh, the lads have checked in at all. That's a good idea. Uh, uh, we, we look over and we see like we see like Ed and Bev are talking like off screen like over there as you kind of look over and you know he's just being charming he's definitely you've, you've gotten the impression Bev I would say 
and obviously you play this however you want, Ashley. But yeah, like, he's um he's not like a you know a bad dude, but he's a little bit of a player, you know. He's, he's, yeah, he's which he's she's certainly picking up yeah. that vibe. <laughs> but I don't know if that would. Bev isn't looking for her forever. No, she's just looking for Mister Right now. I think. Hell yeah. I don't yeah. think she Hell would. Yeah. <laughs> she would say no to if he like actually like okay. tried to pursue it further. Okay, Amazing. fantastic. So when when Marie and Shima return, um, like you can see like voices like cut off really fast, and they look back at you. Maybe there's a touch of like red in both their faces. Um, and he was like, "Now, nah, what can I do for y'all?" Actually, that's not right. Like, it? <laughs> it's the it's the it's like the southern gentleman it's the southern yeah, gentleman one. voice i gotta get this one because it's far more genuinely now what can i yes. what can i do for you now ladies is there anywhere else Mr. you'd like to Exley. see on the campus Imagine well it, it seems to be about that time of day when a spot of food might be in order uh we were wondering if if perhaps a uh a lunch date might be in order is there a place right. on this campus for some uh Plenary refreshments? I would be more than happy to escort you ladies for something to, to quench our thirst in this fine, fine day. Uh, absolutely. I would be more than happy to. More than happy to, I believe. The, and he's like kind of, where, where is that? And, oh, here we go. It's over by the library. This way now. Come, 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 ladies. And he kind of motions you as well. And yeah, you guys can, you go and you, you're you in some, it's very nice sort of setup, but it's it, like when we think modern day cafeteers, think more like it's almost more like a like a lounge or a club in some way. Yeah. You, got, you can see it's it's, mm-hmm. it's less mm-hmm. like, you know, this like kindergarten or elementary school like cafeteria. Right. right. Uh, and so you're getting, you know, foods and, and drink and stuff. And like he's telling you stories about the first time he was here and how he met Hamish and. Um, he like, and he's like, um, well, Miss Shama, I know you're a researcher. The library is right there. Very extensive as far as I understand it. I, I admit I don't spend a great deal of time in there myself, but I know that uh, you and Dr. Key are, well, two of the most intelligent people I've ever met. So I thought it might be of interest to you. You can see it right out the window. Architecture, just so very beautiful, isn't it? It's like something out of, well, it's like a, like a Mediterranean fantasy, isn't it now? He's trying. So he's trying. Excited. You can tell yeah. he's trying. And, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Beverly member, just so like... kind of, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Beverly gives Shima that look exactly. He's trying. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying too so busy hard. nodding he's excitedly, <laughs> agreeing with him. Like, having no idea what better in the architecture looks like. Yes. <laughs> no. Incredibly astute. If, uh, if we yes, were perhaps uh, seeking information about uh, local uh, celebrities of film, might that be something that a, a, a library such as that might have some information on, uh, given well, its proximity to uh, Hollywood? Well, I know that uh, the library has a significant collection on uh, uh, various publications within the industry, uh, various presses and such. I, uh, it's possible we might, might even have uh, some films on record as well. I, I, I can't say I know for certain. Uh, is there a particular, um, is there a particular artist you're 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 inclined to to inquire about? Yeah. So there's a movie, uh, one of those films that has uh, caught our our interest of late, uh, the Black Cat, as it were. Oh yes. Uh, 
I remember it. Yes, indeed. I think, Shama, I believe I was an act- I was actually in Arkham about, oh, 10 plus years ago when that released. Yes, indeed. Oh, uh, what a frightful picture. Frightful indeed. Well, and I, I don't actually believe I've seen it, but it was uh, Richard Spend and Olivia Clarendon. Clarendon. <laughs> yes. I find it amazing, Miss Wynn, that you would remember a name like Richard Spend. Poor, poor fella. Such a tragic, tragic end at such a young age. Oh, but Olivia Clarendon, well, she is just a starlet of the highest order. Yes, she is. No, oh, I'm sure she can't possibly hold a candle to my, my present company, of course. Uh, but yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, I Again, I do not know for certain that the film is on record here, but uh, it's certainly possible. Have you met Miss Clarendon in doing nah. stunt work for a film or training stunt workers for a film or anything? Well, uh, Shima, give me a luck test. You're going to roll his luck for him. Right. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to Dr. Key's look of like, isn't it cute? He's trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, honestly, Sharma's a basically, so mm-hmm. it, it works well. <laughs> Apparently, uh, that really has a type. So, <laughs> with that number, he's a, he kind of you can see he almost reddens a little bit. And he's like, oh, well, I, as a matter of fact, I have not through, uh, uh, well, not through business associations, but we happen to have, uh, I've had the, the fortune to run into her and some, uh, well, some, um, shall we say, uh, more entertaining uh, ventures. Um, we had, uh, I managed to, to meet her and, Oh, who is the other woman with her? Evelyn Morrow, I believe her name was. Uh, I, I believe they're both filming a picture right now together. Uh, yes, they are two lovely ladies. Two lovely ladies, indeed. Um, we, uh, well, we listened to some very fine music together. Um, anybody who would like to, roll a psychology test. Anybody Psychology. of the three that are there, Pastor Wood and Bryce, <laughs> you guys can roll whatever you want. You're going to get any information. Success. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's a major fan. She just knows this that's, guy. That's true. A little creepy. She's she's very much like this could have gone the misery way with the fandom, but fortunately <laughs> it hasn't, which is good. Which is good. There's uh, still time, my tree. There's still time. That's true. Shima, you can tell he is most certainly hiding something, but he's not hiding something like like some dark secret. But he's like you can tell that he's trying to be like proper and he's trying not to make himself look like, you know, uh, an improper man. But he's like he's holding something back about that meeting. Right. Uh, And and and. Yeah, there's there's something about the nature of the meeting that was kind of um yeah, that he that he thinks for some reason might make him look bad, perhaps. Right. Uh Sherrod is is not uh sharp enough to to, to say anything like really sophisticated, so she will just kind of very visibly look like confused like a dog cocking its head. 
<laughs> trying to figure it out, but not actually say anything. Uh, he'll catch it, and he'll be like, oh, I don't mean to suggest anything untoward about uh, Miss Clarendon or, or, uh, or Miss... Well, Miss Monroe, I don't, I don't mean to suggest anything about our, uh, our interaction. Uh, they are not friends of mine. Not that I would be against it, nor I'm sure they. It's just we happen to be in a, a similar establishment at the time. It is not a... And he kind of leans in and he has this like just shit-eating grin. <laughs> it is not entirely the most legal establishment here within the great confines of Los Angeles. You understand my meaning. And uh, I just that, yeah, <laughs> Charmaine has a similar reaction <laughs> to Marine. Like, it's like, hell and yes. <laughs> coming from uh, Chicago, I'm not sure if I mentioned or not, but I, I'm a musician. I sing. Oh, and well, that's, that's in very Chicago, lovely. we tend to work in those establishments that are not fully legal. I see. And I tend to frequent the establishments that are not legal. And he's legal. like, I believe we are all speaking the same language then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, you're not going to think less of me because I like to uh, gamble just a little bit. Nothing wrong with it at all. Very responsibly, of course. As of course. long as you... Don't overextend yourself. There is no shame. Oh, never, never, never. And I have no dependence. I am just a just a bachelor. My I, my duty is to my students and to my athletes and to this college, indeed. Is, might I go so far as to ask if we were to spend some time in such an establishment that we might find ourselves in Miss Clarendon's presence, or is this a former haunt? Oh, well, my understanding is that they, um, the powers that be, uh, rotate every so often, but, uh, I am familiar with that rotation. Uh, the, uh, when I say it's not within the great confines of Los Angeles, I am being technically accurate as it is on the water, you see, uh, they, uh, the families that, uh, organize such, uh, soirees, they, uh, well, they, they own a few vessels and it's on these vessels that a select clientele, uh, might find entry. Uh, I have it on good authority, uh, that, uh, <clears throat> Currently, with the within the fortnight, they are on the, the Midnight Duchess. Now, normally it requires, uh, well, invitation only. But I would imagine, ladies such as yourselves, you could find uh, other ways aboard. I would imagine I would be more than happy to escort you. Of course, if 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 you like that, Doctor Key. Uh, kind of like at that point, he kind of turns to her. Yeah, and and she just. Uh, if we're still here, uh, that would be lovely. Oh, uh, I hope you plan to stay uh, for 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 a little bit of while, a little bit of time. Now, there's no reason to go rushing. Where where could anywhere be better than Los Angeles? <laughs> and this spot in particular, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right here, right now, with these beautiful people. Well, now I I I must ask. Um, we done a, heard a 
slight bit of a rumor, and and again, not not that this comes from a place of judgment, but obviously, uh, three ladies traveling will always look out for their safety. Um, are, are these uh, parties ones in which uh, various substances might be consumed in large quantities? Well, <laughs> they are consent in adults, and there's um, there is. There are refreshments indeed. Now, I do not consent. My body is a temple. Uh, I will, of course, uh, imbibe a, a wonderful cocktail, too. But beyond that, the recreational substances that might be circulating around on the on the ships, they are minor. Mostly this uh, establishment for, for, well, for the gambling themselves, for well, entertainers like yourself, Miss Wynn. And, uh, and just to do it without being under the the thumb and the uh, of the uh, the Los Angeles Police Department. They uh, the Vice Squad here is a bit uh, well. They are very judgmental, and I can't say that I have ever seen the uh, the parties there ever descend into anything more than just a well, some good old fashioned fun amongst amongst adults. Excellent. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, and. She just sort of is looking at uh, Dr. Key just to assess her interest in such a uh, evening outing. And that's when Beverly like drops a very risque that she's, I definitely enjoy some fun between adults. And uh, <laughs> she'll adjust her, <laughs> her books on the table and just kind of cross her legs to become more proper again. And uh, takes a sip from her drink as she winks at Marie. Emma's trying to keep it together, but it's basically <laughs> vibrating on <laughs> you. Everly has two vices in life. One yeah, of them right. is smoking, and the other is literally pleasures of the flesh. Okay. So, nice. hell yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, are we going what? on a ship? Are we going to... Are we going to go to a party on a ship? I've never been on a ship. Well, let me make some arrangements first. Let me see if I can uh, ascertain whether or not it is. Uh, I don't know if tonight is uh, is available, but I'm sure uh, every night they have some. Uh, it's just a question of uh, which which port and which ship. Mm. Uh, if you give me some time, uh, I can contact you tomorrow, perhaps, and we can make a date for perhaps tomorrow evening. I might be able to acquire some. Well, some invitations of sorts. And, uh, Shemmy nods excitedly and then kind of looks down at her and looks at Marie plaintively. After, like, I don't know. Oh, and, and Marie will just sort of put an, uh, a hand on your arm and, you know, just sort of. And, uh, Mr. Exley, for, uh, oh, call full me disclosure. Ed, of course. Uh, yes, uh, Ed. Um, Full full disclosure: the three of us ladies are are not traveling alone. We do have two. Uh, oh yes, we met last night. Be... Of course. Yes. Yeah, of course, so I just... would be more than happy to extend invitations to them. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Much much appreciated. Well, fantastic. Well then, is there anything else I can I can provide you all here? No, no, I think uh, Shima, you you 
we were going to go and she sort of pulls you away a little okay. bit <laughs> before we all okay. take off. We're just sort of like scooching off one side of the, uh, the booth. Okay. <laughs> so as the two of you talk over here, or maybe you just like step out, like maybe you just like, you know, go somewhere else yeah. and wander around. We fade. Oh, we'll the get scene. the car. We'll go get the car. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh okay so we'll say that as you go get the car we fade out of the scene of just bev and uh and ed and we'll pick up back with old pastor wood um pastor wood we are back on the streets you have made it back to your car covered in blood um your car has a view of the second story and you can see attention has is being paid as there are people coming from other offices that are very tentatively sort of inspecting. And as you watch, like you hear like this vague scream as somebody comes out and they they kind of lean on the edge of the balcony with their back now to the office door and, and almost feels like they're they're stealing themselves, like they're almost about to throw up over the top of the balcony. You're fairly certain the body was was discovered. Um, what would Pastor Wood do at this point? Um, scale of one to ten, how bloody am I? Uh, maybe like a three or four. Like it, again, it, it like if I stay in the you. car, it's not too noticeable. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well then, I'd like to hang out in the car for a little bit and watch what happens. Uh, just continuing the stakeout as long as I feel like I'm not drawing okay. too much heat. Okay. Um, you can roll another spot hidden if you like, just to sort of cover the next hour or two or so. Uh, I'm good at spot hidden. I rolled a 17 under 84. Okay. Uh, eventually, you do see LAPD arrives. Uh, various vehicles, various folks in suits, men in suits that are like, coming out with like these kind of greased back hair and such. Some going in, some coming out. Um, you can see that they are interviewing various witnesses. All of this is pretty standard. Uh, you would imagine uh, Pastor Wood having been, or you would know, I should say, uh, having been in um, Texas Rangers before uh, you, I would say 17, huh? Um, at a certain point with a 17, you actually notice a, a car, uh, once the LAPD shows up that has been on the road, just like yours. Um, it one of the, one of the cops wanders over leans in exchanges a word or two with whoever was in the in the seat and then that car drives away and then the cop kind of goes back to the scene uh you're too far away to hear exactly what happened but you know that there is some sort of exchange um and then you can see a crowd has begun to form at the base of the building and there's people that are starting to push back and push back and it's definitely starting to get again attention uh, if you stay there long enough the body is eventually removed uh, and so you will see the body uh, kind of carried out in a bag as best as possibly can be. Uh, it's just a question of how long you would want to stay. I am worried about Patrick, but without any leads to find him, um, I think I would stay until I saw like the crime scene was, you know, mostly cleared, you know, like the body removed. I'm sure there'd still be a lot for a couple hours, sure. but I'd probably yeah. stay for another hour or two and then I'd. I know I have to change my clothes, so I would head back to the hotel. Okay. 
Sounds good. Uh, then we will cut over to Patrick. Uh, Patrick, you got last we saw you got your head uh, smacked with a blackjack. Everything went dark. When you wake up, everything is still dark and you're bumping. You can feel yourself sort of bumping around and then you come to a stop. You're still bound. Uh, you can tell. Uh, and eventually you hear the sounds of a car door slam. And as you as you wait in this darkness, you realize you're in the trunk probably of a car or the storage unit as a car. And you can see like very little bit of light coming in. And eventually the uh, like a, the hood pops up and light floods in. And there you can see one Jack Pisner uh, looking down at you uh, from, you know, standing position. It's still sunny, you can tell, but it's it's a it's a duller sun. You can tell it's later in the day, evening time. You would probably place it. Uh, and he said, <laughs> wakey, wakey. <laughs> Don't want to miss your train. <laughs> come on, come on. And he's like, oh, now, wait a second. You're not going to do anything funny, are you? Just let me go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not just going to let you go. <laughs> I got a present for you. I got two, in fact. And so he drops this plastic bag that is kind of coated blood. And you look inside uh, as he's like kind of cutting your bindings at this point, And you can see your finger. And then he drops another one. And it is a train ticket out of the out of California. And it's heading all the, it's just heading way the hell out of here. It's just like you can see all it's doing is kind of taking you basically over to Nevada. And then from there you do whatever. And underneath it, you can see there's a small wad of cash, a hundred dollars, Patrick. And he's like, okay, now no hot feelings. <laughs> if you're ever back in LA, <laughs> you look me up so I can fucking kill you. <laughs> now your trains in about half an hour and you know how those things like to run on time. So I'm just going to stick with you till the time comes. Now, come on, come on out of here. Come on out in your legs are numb, your hands are numb because you've been bound for so long. And I'll get up as best as, I can. As you look around, you are at a distance, but you can see a train station. Uh, you don't think you are in like the nice part of LA anymore. You don't like it. It looks different. It looks vastly different. Uh, you would guess he's probably taken you pretty far away from where you guys just were. Um, your face hurts from where he smacked you. The back of your head still hurts. Your finger is just burning and on fire. You have a drink. I thought it's parched. You know what? Since you were such a good boy, I do. And he takes out his flask. I tell you what, present number three. <laughs> oh. You wipe it down. Wipe it down? Oh, come on. We're close friends now, Patty. Come on. <laughs> now nah, you can go ahead and take it. And again, and he just pats the side underneath his jacket. No funny business. Take it and apply for now. Now, listen, I'm sure you're going to have some some thoughts going through your head. Are you faster than me? Have you, has the feeling come back to your legs and your arms? Mm, what's to stop you from going to the next city and just, you know, coming on back and doing whatever you want? Here's what's to stop you, Patrick. 
Because I know who you are. And I know where you live. And I know where Anna lives. And I know that the two of you are going to have a wonderful and beautiful life together. <laughs> and that little, uh, that right down there, that's from me and my employer. As a thank you for your information, for your honesty. And uh, have a hell of a wedding. Have a honeymoon. Put a down payment on a house. Do whatever you want with it. <laughs> but if you come back here, we're not friends anymore. And if we're not friends, duh, well, you wouldn't want to see me when I don't like you. <laughs> Can you at least tell me who you're working for? <laughs> no. No, I can't. What do you care? You're leaving. You got a beautiful fiance out there. Go have fun. Enjoy yourself. Be young. <laughs> I think I skin around. Are we near the station? Or are we just sort of? You are near, but he has parked you guys at a distance. Uh, there are a handful of other vehicles, and you can see at a distance there are other people as well. Uh, but you're there's like nobody. Nobody's probably within a hundred yards of you. And about my razor, it's one of a kind. Oh, you're right. That would be so very terrible of me. Absolutely. Turn around. Turn around. And he puts it into your back pocket. You don't need it, do you? <laughs> you just hang on to it until later. If I see your hand go for it, I'm going to cut it the fuck off. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Oh, I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patty boy. Oh, it's been a, it's been a fun day. <laughs> My cousin Mo is gonna have the biggest grin on his face when I tell him about what we, <laughs> what you and I got down to. <laughs> we thought we were gonna get the doc, but we got you. <laughs> Say hi to Mo for me. I met him. Oh, I will. I will. I'll tell him you you send his best. Oh no, you send your best. Yeah. Now, I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to watch you go up, and I'm going to watch you get on the train. And if at any point I get the feeling that you are not uh, doing your end of the deal, like if you start talking to someone that you shouldn't talk to a little bit longer than you should, or if you point back my way, or if you just go out of my line of sight at all, well... You're, you're not wrong. I can't necessarily hurt you, but I can hurt everybody else that you care about. You got me? It's quite the threat. It is. Do you think I'm lying? Not one bit. That a boy, Patty. That a boy. Now, onward and eastward. Off you go. So how's this my finger doing? Post it hurts so bad. <laughs> like your hand was numb for a while uh, because of the bindings. But as the bound bindings come off, your hands, the feelings coming back to your hand and you're really starting to feel the pain. Um, it, it, but you do have the finger. He gave it to you. That's how kind he is. He's a good guy. And bleeding wise, is, is that going on? Uh, he has uh, he he'll give you a very dirty handkerchief to uh, help with that. You're feeling a little woozy, too, probably. Dehydrated. A lot of blood loss. 
etc. See if I can find a bathroom. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to go out of line of sight? If he wants to follow me, it's fine. Oh, no, he's watching you, but he said if you do yeah. anything other than just get on that train, you go out of his line of sight, he knows how to hurt the people you care about. So do you go into a bathroom? Can I use the washroom? Use the washroom. I need to clean up a bit. Be presentable. Uh, give me a roll. Uh, use You tell me the technique you're using and then kind of role play it out and then we'll see how it goes. Like, are you trying to bullshit them? Are you trying to just I'll charm just, them? Just persuade them. Be like, yeah, you look decent at least. No questions yeah. asked when the people come Logic. around. There. Yeah, absolutely. Persuasion. Oh, my. I won. Uh, a one. Uh, <laughs> critical success. This is the role that you can win on. Yes. <laughs> you know what, Patty boy? You've been such a good boy. And I certainly wouldn't want Anna to see you in your current state. So, yeah, you can go ahead and clean up a little bit. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> Make my way to the washroom. But as you're watching, but as you're walking away, he's like, but I'll be watching it. That door better open. You better come on out. And yeah, you get, you go into the, you know, it's all kind of outdoor air. You know, everything's kind of outdoor and you find uh, a restroom for, for men. You go inside. Uh, people are passing by every now and then someone kind of looks at you out of the side eye, but no one says anything. You don't look great. You look very disheveled and, and sort of you're probably pale because you've lost so much blood but you'll make it into the bathroom what do you want to do i'm gonna wait for some suspecting men in here that look similar build to me mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to convince them to take this trade for me and like my clothes and stuff okay oh i love the idea give me a luck test to see if there's anybody yeah. actually in here first that could fit that that could fit your build we'll start with that Okay, God, it's there are people in here, but none of them are a perfect match. All that means is that it's going to be easier for him on his spot hidden to deduce. That's it. Doesn't mean you can't do this this plan. It's yeah. just, there's no one like that's perfectly your build. But as you try to convince somebody, how do you try to convince an absolute stranger that to take the tickets and get on a train and all that kind of? How do how do you do it? What's the what's what do you do? Fifty bucks. I give him a haircut. Clean him up. <laughs> Make him look like me. <laughs> but he's a good convincer. You're going to try to bribe him with 50 bucks? Yeah, just bribe him with some money. You okay. just got uh, 102 and you still want to pocket half of it. He's got a wedding to pay for. What are you kidding? That's going to pay for the wedding. It's going to pay for the, the freaking uh, whatever the hell it's called. The, the reception, pay for so the much. whole thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, give me. Um, I mean, you're, you're actually bribing him. And you're not lying to him necessarily, and you're not. So it's not fast talk. So I would say either charm or persuade is probably fine. Persuade is better. Thirty. So I'll try that. Okay. And I'll tell you, take a. You could take a bonus die if you want with this because you are okay. bribing him with fifty fifty bucks. That's not. That's a lot of money, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot a six. of money. Okay. Extreme oh my god! It's another wow. extreme success. It goes from a one to a six. The minute you said take $50, it's like, I'm in. Hey, buddy, <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever you need. Hand Don't is in the back. alley. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> There's a guy. I recognize the voice. Yeah. A guy will be watching you. Just don't turn your head. 
Okay, no problem. I can take care of that for you. No problem. Fifty dollars? No, don't turn my head. Get on the get on a on a train, <laughs> head east. No problem whatsoever. You need anything else? It's all for now. Okay. You look terrible, by the way. You look absolutely terrible. I've been I think to hell. You might want to go to a hospital or something. You look like you're about to fall over. Yeah. The toilet yeah. paper is whiter. It's not as white as you are. Just saying. Okay. All right. Oh, Jerry, by the way. Uh, take care of Pat yourself. Patrick. There. Patrick. All right. Uh, but you're Patrick so, now. You're right. I'm Patrick. You're Jerry. Okay. Whew, here I go. And he he leaves, and I am going to roll a test uh, to see if... Uh, well, actually, you can roll... If you want, you can roll a disguise or something, um, a, or your craft. You can roll your craft, roll your craft barber to see yes. how good of a job yeah, you yeah. do. Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. I thought, I'm like, what are we ever going to use this skill? Here we are. <laughs> we got <laughs> this it. Is perfect. Oh my gosh. 39. A regular, another great roll. That's a hard wow. success. Okay. So I am going to roll. So the way I'm going to treat it is that he's going to have to do very well. I think I have my sheet in here. Jack Pisner, Private Investigation Services. Uh, let's see. He's got pretty good spot hidden, as you would imagine, but it's not, like, phenomenal. Uh, but I am going to give him a... I'm going to give him... How do I want to handle this? I'm going to give him a, a bonus die for the fact that you couldn't find some on your, your build, but then I'll also give him a penalty die because you did such a fabulous job on the disguise. So it's going to cancel out. So he's just going to roll it regularly and he needs to basically beat a hard success. Okay. So you wait inside the bathroom. How long? Till the train takes off. Do you know that uh, trains don't take off, right? They, they stay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves the station. <laughs> you hear the two to the whistle and stuff half an hour later you come on out you don't see jack pisner's car you don't see jack pisner you don't see the train and you don't see the man formerly known as jerry as far as you know the ruse worked and you are a free-ish man with 50 bucks in your pocket nice more so than i had before what does patrick do I'm going to try to stay low, scrub my way back into town, get into contact okay. on the crew somehow. Okay. So we can say you maybe get a cab or something. No problem. There's like a train depot here. You can probably grab a, have them give you a, you can get somebody to, to, to come out of here and pick you up if they don't have people on retainer. And you realize you are way outside of Los Angeles. So it's going to be a while before you get back to the hotel. Let's, uh, honestly long really great job that was awesome like the barber stuff nice. like that was really yep. really clever shit uh that was a lot Very of nice. good yeah um let's cut back to ucla uh was there anything else that the three of you wanted to do at ucla or do you want to head back to the hotel um nothing else at ucla i think there was a stop we did want to make on our way back to the hotel though okay what's that um because the last thing that Bev was wanting to research before we went to the plot of land was she wanted to look into that guy, um, Samuel Trammell. Samson um, Trammell, yeah. Samson. Okay. Um, yeah. So if 
we could just pit stop there on our way back to the hotel. Like that's Bev would ask Public about records that. office type of deal. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. That's I think that's easily enough to that's easy enough to do. Sure. Uh so basically, I mean, this is this is honestly, it's not even a role that you need to do, Beverly, uh, because it is public records and there's really nothing to it. Um, you do find the name Samson Trammell uh, in the records for Greater Los Angeles. Uh, you you see that he has a you have a an actual address for him that's on the public records uh, and you have a phone number. All of this is listed. Uh, so he is in Pasadena specifically at 2285 Hyacinth Street. So yeah, you have his, so basically you just have his, you have his, uh, his address. Um, if you would like, you can roll a library use roll uh, just to see if you know anything about that area. Uh, so like you've already got the basic information okay. is free. It's just a question of whether there's maybe anything else so you can contextualize it with. You guys are on uh, fire tonight. Free. <laughs> Hell yes. You guys are freaking wow. on fire with your roles. Uh, Pasadena, his this neighborhood, from what you've seen so far, super rich. Uh, and new rich. Like new, like nouveau rich Los Angeles. Like super rich. Uh, you'd be able to piece together. Um, I would, that's probably the, that's honestly the only information I can give you. Like there's, like I would give you more if I had any to give, but I don't. No worries. So, while we're here, can we poke around for Olivia Clarendon then too? If we're looking at public record stuff. Uh sure. Uh you want to you want to see if you have if you can get her her I would I, I don't know. I'm trying to think would would a movie would star celebrity, in 1936 yeah. be on the public register? Huh. I'll say you rolled so darn well. Um, maybe you do find like an address, but it is one of those neighborhoods where you would imagine is probably gated and secure. And just the the very nature that she is a movie star would probably be very difficult uh, for you to just go knocking on her door. More than likely, you would need some other way of getting to her. Um, so like Ed had a way possibly. Um, you I might, know. with that library use, know that, that she is currently... I'll tell you this with that library use, which you can get for her is that she is currently, um, filming a, uh, yeah, she's filming a movie right now. Um, let me see. I think she's filming. Hang on. We might get to like go to a movie lot while we're here in Los Angeles. Go to a boat party. So exciting. Go to a movie lot. Okay. So you know that she is getting ready to, uh, she's been a very busy actress. Um, She's in high demand. Uh, She is currently starting a movie called A Murder Staged, uh, which from what the, from what you're able to glean from some of the sort of public records, newspapers, things like that, uh, which is apparently some kind of murder mystery that involves like the mafia. Uh, you know that she has a movie premiere coming up with her most recent film, uh, The Clock Strikes Nine, and that's going to be at the Cafe Circle Theater uh, later this week. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that that's probably what you have. So you know that she's currently doing one, and one another one is actually premiering. 
Sorry, where did Sorry, you that say was that premiere was a happening? clock? The so Cafe the, Circle Theater. The clock strikes nine. Um, clock strikes nine. Thank you. That's the name of the one that's premiering, and a murder stage is the one that she is that that production and filming has just begun. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, anything else for the three of you, UCLA or or public records or anything like that? I don't right. believe so. Then we will say that all the four of you may get back to the hotel by dark. Uh, and, uh, if you check in with one another, do you check, I'm assuming you check in with one another. Is that fair? Do we think Yeah, I would think so. As long as pastor Pastor comes back. Okay. Uh, he did say he was coming back. So we'll say at a certain point in one of your rooms, you can pick which one you guys run into each other. Pastor, would you probably changed by now? Uh, but the four of you are now together. What do you do? I would actually be wearing a white undershirt and just scrubbing away at my shirt because it's the only one I packed. Maybe it's his room then. One of you go, like one or all of you go and you knock on the door, check in on him and you see him in that state. Uh, Where's Patrick? That's a good question. Can't say I rightly know. Don't understand. You were together, were you not? We were together until we weren't. And he never came back. I thought you guys were just going to talk to the private investigator. That was the plan. We went to the investigator's office and he was out. Uh, I spoke with his cousin. We shared a few words. I've found this and I pull out the note that has the like details on all five of us. Dr. Key, I believe you should not be going anywhere alone anytime soon. It seems that you're the prime target, but there's a chance that Patrick was already taken. By a private investigator? Uh, private investigators around here aren't much more than paid thugs. Oh. Um. You know, I, I'm glad you took me to get that gun, Pastor Wood. Yeah, I... I wish you would have listened to me when I told you that you should get a bigger one, but I suppose we should spend some time teaching you how to use it. Yeah, sooner than later, probably. Uh, okay. Um, should we go look for Patrick? I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. I looked as much as I could, but his trail is cold. When, when, I, I, oh, my. And she just sort of looks... A little bit sheepishly at the other ladies. Uh, we we were uh, just a bit uh, dawdling today with our uh, in- investigations, and um, he, I, hmm, this is quite distressing. Do we have any anywhere to start from? I know he was walking down the street to make a phone call. He never came back. I retraced his steps, but there was no no trail. It's not like you can track a man in the sidewalks of L.A. Did, are, are we thinking we're going to need to wait for some sort of ransom? Just these notes are quite concerning. They know except we haven't we haven't even been here that long. 
I don't mean to be upsetting, and I do hope that Patrick is well. However, I don't believe we should wait for anything. We should continue on. Unraveling this case is our best way to fi find what happened to our good friend Patrick. At, at this point, this is our reality check. We know people know who we are. We may have, should have been more discreet and maybe come up with cover identities, but it's too late right now. Lesson has been learned. I, I, so, uh, Pastor, we, if, if you recall, there was discussion that we had heard about uh, these parties that happen offshore and we're I remember. continuing we're continuing to hear more about those and we seem to have a connection that might be able to get uh oh bless well hopefully the five of us on to one of those boats perhaps as early as uh tomorrow evening or later this week i suppose i'll have to get these stains out of my good shirt then what, what stains are those? What were you doing? Oh, nothing. I had a nosebleed. And my nose would be swollen, so. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, dear. Um, well, I can help if you want. I've I've had to wash blood out of clothes a lot. I've had to as well. I should be fine. But thank you, Miss Oberon. I'm a so, man that can handle his own laundry. Well, I think times of the matter and we need to get, go over what we really know and, and what leads do we really need to actually be following. I think it's concrete to state that the um, ships are involved with the mob. And unfortunately, I think that may be something that Patrick got wrapped up in. Um, I don't know much about that mob family you were looking into, Pastor Wood. So maybe we need to try and learn more. But... Do we really think that they're involved with the cult or do we think that they just found this drug that now they're profiting off of and they're trying to cut ties with uh, anyone else who's trying to move in on their territory? It does also seem that there's just a surveillance that's just been set up for anyone that's trying to look into what happened in 1924. And right now that happens to be us. Uh, With the this this whole time, Shem has been looking at the paper that Pastor Wood showed, that W granite number, phone number at the top. Um, I kind of focused on that as uh, Marie and, and Dr. have been thinking. As, um, is that a phone number? Perhaps we should call. You said you found this in the office. It looks like an year. address to me more than anything. There's also. Uh, but you said this you had found note this right in here, Mr. Uh, and I show. Office? Yes, uh, he was not currently in. I wonder who he is working for that he needs to be so violent with us. Well, I believe that this might reveal something. If anything, it's a contact in likely the LAPD. And I show them the, uh, what was it, Captain something? Uh, yeah, you have Captain a... Captain Walker? 
Oh, if you, you 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 pulled the little the little card. Yeah, you have yeah. a contact information for Captain Walker. It was filed under W. It has it has a phone number on it, and that and Shimo is right. That is a phone number at the top. That that granite and then the number. That's how oh, it okay. used to be. And the number that's associated with the name Captain Walker is the same name that's at the top of the the notes about the investigators about you guys. There's no none. There's no address anywhere though. Do the uh, rooms have phones in them or the only phone is downstairs at the concierge? That's a great question. I am going to say, I don't know, 19. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to Probably that. Probably downstairs. Um, I would that, guess downstairs. I would hideously expressive if it's in the room. I don't know if we want to call from our hotel. That is a wise point that perhaps we might want to uh, find a, a, a payphone to make such a call. The yeah, people, people already know who we are and we don't need any further ties back to our hotel where we're staying. Why uh, are people interested in what we're doing? This is a woman looking for information on her father. Oh, did you forget that we found that name? A crazy cult? Well, and it does seem that there is some interplay here between a cult and the mafia and the LAPD. And there's some some intersectional interests. And when all of those align, that does not bode well for folks like us to come into an, an area where we, we do not know the players and we do not know who is aligned with whom. And we start asking questions and we find ourselves in quite a bit of trouble. I think the primary objective was to discover if Miss Janet is in danger. And I think if the mob is involved, it's safe to say there is a potential for danger. We must make sure that her name never leaves our mouths moving forward. I do believe our current priority should be looking into the whereabouts of our friend Patrick, if he I is still agree. alive. I and agree. I believe that the current best lead is Mr. Pisner. I have yet to speak to him face to face. His cousin Mo, who I spoke with, said that he was following people of some note or priority and this note right here shows who he was following so i would say there's a good chance that patrick was captured by mr pisner and that well we need to go speak with mr pisner well if he wasn't in his office earlier we should go back to his office now and perhaps he might be there now or perhaps he's right outside our hotel waiting for another one of us to just wander off he was not in the office because he was following us. And Marie will just go look out the window and see if there's anyone outside the building at the moment. There's many people outside the building. Uh, yeah. Do any of them look like Jack Pisner? Um, you see Jack Pisner. It's amazing. No, no, no and that's when on. when Beverly states we don't know what what Mr. Pisner looks like, and apparently he knows who we are. That puts us at quite the disadvantage, then, does it not? Perhaps 
none of us should go anywhere without the rest of us. At least until we find Patrick. I believe that is good advice, Shima. However, that does not necessarily preclude one of us from wandering a bit further away from the others uh, to act as bait, possibly, to lure out Mr. Pisner. A good idea. And we I, do know who his priority is. Like, and I, I am... look at Dr. Key. And we're Shema doing kind this... of up. No way. We're if, doing if this now. If anybody is going to be bait, <laughs> it, it should be me. I don't believe he would be as keen to get into a one-on-one confrontation with you, Miss Oberon. Uh, you look at his notes and he knows you're a fighter. Don't let her get close, it says. She, I mean, he clearly doesn't think very much of me either. Like a child. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we should put Dr. He in direct danger. However, if uh, a few of us were to remain unseen and Dr. Key was to sit out in a cafe and enjoy a cool night air, you know, may create a opportunity. Do we find ourselves well enough armed and prepared to face the aftermath of letting Dr. Key sit out as bait? Also, are we? did we not worry that perhaps he had already gotten Patrick? Well, I believe he has gotten Patrick. Do you think he would come after Dorky as well, then? I believe this is a hit list. He wants all five. Hmm. Oh, my word. You you think he means to murder all of us? I have no idea what his intentions are. But I do believe he means to speak with us one-on-one, frighten us, injure us, possibly murder us, yes. Uh, I won't deny that there is a chance. We've stuck our nose into something that is apparently not our business, and so it makes sense that we would be warned off. This sounds like a gentleman that we certainly do not want to do anything to further upset him. Well, his cousin was a bit of a softy. Perhaps he is, too. He might just be all bluster. All right. As that conversation continues you guys work out exactly what you want to do we're going to cut and we're going to see patrick in a looks beside some sort of exam room Uh, we can see that he is just kind of sitting there on a some kind of medical bed um just kind of idly waiting his hands in one hand you can see like on his lap he's got the plastic or excuse me the paper bag with the the bloody finger in it and patrick as you're like you're the pain has been getting worse and worse and worse and you're getting sort of more affected by the blood loss as you're sitting there you you look around and the room is very sparse it it lacks much like decoration uh, or, or any sort of affectation. Except as you're examining it, 
you notice that the walls are very stained. Uh, you can see that there are these clear patches with water, which, which you would imagine are water damage, mold. Um, otherwise, the walls are this sort of mean green, mint green color. The floor, too, is very sticky. And when you look down, like, and you sort of maneuver your shoe, your foot, the the linoleum itself is like clinging to the soles of your shoes. And it's like actually takes effort. The place actually looks very familiar, strangely enough. Um, but maybe it's just because you've been waiting here for so long, it seems like. Maybe the medical facilities in California really aren't that great. Um, there's a door leaving out. There's a... Uh, there's a window that has some sort of privacy curtains covered and there's no light coming in other than this sort of this light bulb right in the center at the very top. Um, no chain hanging down, no light switch, but you can see that surrounding it in the ceiling itself, it's just this grimy kind of mildew mold look. Do anything? You got a delirium. I would just wander around with no real objective. Sure. You wander around uh there's a cabinet or two they seem locked some little tiny key you <clears throat> mess around maybe with the door and you realize it's locked and like and then you realize you don't have anything on you like your blade is missing the hundred the fifty dollars is missing you just have your the bag that you're carrying like almost gripping with the with the missing finger or the the severed finger the curtains, you mess around with those, you peel them back, you realize that there's the window is barred, these vertical thick bars. There's no way you would be able to get inside. And when you look out, you can see it's nighttime and you can and you can't really make out much in the way of, of shapes. There's sort of dark things swaying here and there, maybe branches like arms reaching out, but it's all very blurry and kind of shake your head and as you're as you're shaking your head and getting your yourself situated you hear the door open and when you look over you can see a familiar shape uh, you see what looks like nurse bethany may hampton uh, from joy grove uh, remember she was late 20s african-american woman um She's walking in. She's barely recognizable. In fact, you just, you just somehow know that's her. And you can see she's got this big old surgical mask on and she's carrying this very, very large syringe. And you hear this sound. You hear. And when you look at the syringe, which is very, very large, you can see that at the end is not a needle, but this groping um proboscis right this like elongated sort of sucking mouth and it's ended in this tiny toothless mouth that's that's just kind of seeking a bit here and there as this is just moving it's it's this this extension about you can see the mouth opening closing and then you watch as Nurse Hampton pulls down her surgical mask 
and you can see that there are two mouths beneath it, one above the other, both smiling with teeth that looks basically like a shark. And you suddenly are aware that you are unable to move again. You're, it's not, you're not in a chair. You're not bound with prisoner. You're still sitting what seems like on top of a medical bed, except you're in a straight jacket. You have leg arms and she is slowly moving forward and towards you with this. I'm just a barber. I'm just a barber. And just like that, you awake and you're just shouting and screaming. You're just a barber. You're just a barber. You look around, you are surrounded by medical professionals, a nurse, an orderly, a doctor, people that do not look like Bethany May Hampton. You see, you hear a voice vaguely. You don't recognize the voice. Uh, Easy now there, fella. Easy now. Uh, You've lost a lot of blood. Uh, You're going to be okay. It's fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. And the group basically lifts you up and you look around and you're in this, it seems almost like too well lit room, like an emergency room of some kind. You can see that like you get placed down into this wheelchair um, and an orderly kind of pushes you here and there and kind of waves a little bit of smelling salts underneath your nose and you sort of move back a bit and you... One of the nurses hands you like something to sip on, like just, 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 just little bits now, just little bits. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And as they're wheeling you back and kind of taking, like, we're going to take good care of you. We're going to, we're going to take good care of you. Don't worry about it. You can see there's a bunch of other people as well. Uh, like the warmth is coming back to your face. You no longer have a straight jacket on. You no longer have leg irons, but you do feel like this dull pinch on your arm. And when you look down, it's not a syringe going in, but instead there is a very large mosquito that is just working your way down into the skin. By swatting at it. And you swat at it. You smash it. When you move your hand back and you look, you see this smattering of blood and, and bug guts on your palm in the shape of a mouth. And it just, for the very last bit of life, the section of the mosquito twitches, making it look like the mouth opens and then closes. Roll sand test. 46 sand. Rolled a 59 failed. Uh, Take a point of sand loss. As they wheel you at this point into then they're just, all of them are calming like it's, it's gonna be okay calm down and they're just we're just gotta get some fluids into you we gotta get some fluids into you and they're trying to get you to drink and drink and drink the doc help me help me doc no wait, wait, wait. you're okay you're okay and you hear like numbly like what happened to his finger i, the, I don't i the, the cab driver dropped him off they just dropped him off right here saying he was mumbling and babbling and i I, I don't know. He, uh, it looks like he hasn't had anything to look at him. He, like the space pales can be the, the floor is darker than he is. And like, they're all like chattering about you and hovering over top of you as you sort of start to drift off a little bit. You can feel the water starting to come in as well as you absentmindedly take sips. And at a certain point, like you start to get your wits and you realize you are in a hospital, an actual hospital. There are people around you. One of the doctors is looking at your finger and the cut, and they're making an assessment. They're cleaning it out. Stings like the dickens all of a sudden, and that probably shocks you back into some sort of aware state. 
like, oh, 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 what the hell happened to you, boy? You see this old man with this like white beard. Whoa, 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 what, the, what the hell happened to you here? I don't know how long it's been, but I've lost a finger. Um, where, where that? We got it right over there. But what? I. What? what how, how, did you get it? Uh, get it caught in something? What happened here? We just fella just dropped you off. Says you were just babbling nonsense in the back of his car. We got we got your things. So right over here. What on earth? We know this is the type of thing we got to report. You know. Oh, my head hurts. I, all I remember was getting sliced clean off. You got it sliced clean off? Like by a machine? By a person? What are we talking about here? Uh, blade of sorts. Did, did someone hurt you, son? And he like puts a he puts a hand on, on, on your shoulder. And he is, I would say, Patrick, for a moment, like you hear the voice of Walter Winston in your head as you're kind of coming back. You all right, son? You can trust me. I want to help you. And you hear Walter Winston's voice. And when you look up, it's basically his face staring at that kind of scraggly white beard. He's got the friendly visage, but at the same time, like a very stern professional look to him. You know, like he's a, he's a, a man of some renown. And it's before Walter started to sort of fade away. And you knew him during that whole process when he was a larger than life figure and then slowly kind of withered away. But you can almost see him as you look up. The The resemblance is uncanny and the voice for sure is like, what happened to you, son? Well, there's some bad people in here. Very bad people. I understand. Well, they're not here now. We're going to take good care of you. We're just going to get you some fluids. I don't know that there's anything we can do about your finger. Unfortunately, it's been too long, but is there someone we can contact for you? Mm. Leave a message at the hotel. I'll give okay. him a Okay. All right. Go he kind of nods to like one of the one of the nurses. Just like, I got it, I got it. And they go kind of off at that point. We'll cut out of there to the hotel where um what do we find the four of you doing when we cut back what exactly are you doing are you still in your room are you down at the lounge are you looking out the window <laughs> what are you doing Aster wood would suggest that we do make ourselves visible in an effort to flush out mr pisner um however whether Dr. Key is used as bait is up to her. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I think do Dr. Key has retired to, to consider uh, whether that is a good idea or not. Um, I Whiskey in the lounge then. And then scanning around, seeing if there's anyone watching us. Uh, we're all spotted. Uh, Shema is very, like not okay with this first of all and mm -hmm. then probably quite conspicuously sitting in line of sight okay and watching Darky. uh, uh if you're down in the lounge there's a lot of people like it's a very busy awesome. yeah. busy hotel just a regular success for spot hidden 60 under 84 pastor you do not notice jack pisner amongst any of the eyes that are looking at your group uh occasionally uh 
a set of eyes will come. Sometimes they're looking at Marie, sometimes Bev, sometimes Shima, and you can see a handful of folks going to give you a tip of the cap and kind of hold up a hand or they hold a glass up. Really kind of nothing, everything seems fairly benign. But then a worried-looking porter, a uh, hotel worker, comes in. He's looking around, looking around, and they lock eyes with you, and you can see as they come moving in your direction. And they're like, uh, we got a message at the front desk for you. So you're uh, uh, Pastor Wood, uh, 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 room 214? Yes, sir. Uh, what, what's the message? Uh, it's, it's right here for you. And he hands over a piece of paper. Um. And you can see, as you open it up, uh, the message seems to be from a hospital uh, on the east side of L.A., uh, a clinic, like a walk-in clinic. And it's uh, it's referencing Patrick Price. Um, we'll say, Patrick, would you, would you have given your name, you think? Maybe a double P. Okay. So. EP. God dang it. <laughs> So, Pastor Wood, you see a note that effectively says something to the something of "I'm okay," uh, and what was it like? Pizzer's not a friend, or something yeah, like that. Pizzer's not a friend. Yeah, Piz is not a friend. Uh, and then the message came uh, specifically from someone by the name of Claire Clavendish. Uh, so, so, and then that gives you like a a, a number to return call if you uh, if you want more information. Does this name ring familiar to <laughs> Sorry. No. Does this ring familiar to any of you? Clavendish? I don't believe we've come across that at all. And and this is a, a hospital. We, sh- we should call back yeah, right so away, yes? Seems to be positive for our friend Patrick. and He may be injured, but at least he's alive. Or it's a trap. Uh, Or it's a trap. May I suggest the three of you ladies stay here. Shama, you do not leave Dr. Key's side. And I'll go check on our good friend Patrick at the hospital. That way, if it is a trap, there won't be... I won't be leading anyone into any danger. Well... I see the wisdom of that. And we have accrued, even today, we've accrued even more evidence in our search that we might want to remain here with. I don't necessarily believe that we are more backup to you. You generally seem able to handle yourself with your background and all. Well, I am old and slow. And I say that with a tone of bitterness, quoting the the note about me. (laughs) Right. Uh, is looking between Dr. Gee and Pastor Wood, like, very obviously wheels turning and and trying to decide whether to argue and decides not to. Well, Dr. Key, you are armed now and you can defend yourself. Shima, you are quite capable as well. Uh, Miss Wynn, I haven't seen you in a fight, but I imagine that you wouldn't run away. The three of you in a lounge right now, it's a very public place. Uh, I doubt he would try anything with so many witnesses. No reason for you not to just hold tight. 
I felt as if I held my own in the rainstorm, but you are correct. There are more important things and you should absolutely, with, with an abundance of haste, retrieve Mr. Price. We did just agree, though, that people should not go off on their own. Did well, we it not? sounds like we're agreeing that it's acceptable in this one instance. Dr. Wood is, Pastor Wood is just being stubborn now. I know. <laughs> Don't worry, Dr. Key. Uh, I'll come back just fine. Uh, I'll bring our good friend Patrick with me. Do any of you actually go with Pastor Wood? Or does he go by himself? Or do one of you force your way to go with him? If any of you put up a real fight, I would, I would yeah. cave. Yeah, I think because I, I feel like probably Marie is the only one who would be able to go because I, I can't imagine Shima hmm. and Dr. Key being split up. But what Shima did we say about us going off to together? Leave Dr. Key's side, but also doesn't want Pastor Wood to go by himself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would say Marie is going with Pastor Wood then. Uh, why don't we go and review the documents that we've acquired today, then? That is a good idea. We'll be somewhere okay. more private. Okay. Make sure that so, you bolt and lock the doors. Certain. Shima, Beverly, you go back to your rooms. Again, kind of going through, uh, going through the stuff that you got from Jor's heirs. Um, I think I gave the top level stuff already uh, i'll share it with you again i think it's in in foundry again uh let me make sure so basically um there's a errors research skimmed document that you can take a look at this if you've forgotten what it said so the way it's gonna so the way basically it works is like you get the skim just from like a little bit of time um, poor, like if you guys want to dig in through it, cause you've got journals and write-ups and random things here and there, yeah. that's something that's going to take significant more time. And it's the type of, mm. it's more like the type of thing that you would be doing in between travel and kind of going from one place to the next, but you can certainly start on it and that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, but you have, I just once again shared with it, the, the basic high level stuff, the big thesis, the quick takeaway that Shimo was able to get and Beverly, you can confirm when you go over it is that. A lot of his research seemed to involve the Golgoroth figure, and you've seen this this come up before. Um, and then also the liar from beyond. Uh, and it doesn't does it does seem like there's some notes along the way in these journals and here and there where he's he's trying to sort out what the relationship of those two entities are. And for a and so at sometimes it seems like he thinks they're the same. It sometimes he thinks like they're different. One's a harbinger for the other, or that kind of thing. So that does seem to be the high level kind of talk there. Um, and so I'll say that's what the two of you are kind of after. While uh, Pastor Wood and Marie you get in the car, and you got to drive to the other side of LA. Like you're on, you guys are west side near the water, and you're driving clear through LA. So it's a while before you get there. But the good news is, is that when you do get there, Patrick, you're feeling much better uh, as you've had uh, fluids put into you. Like your hand still hurts like crazy, uh, but you've nonetheless like you're they've rehydrated you. Your wits are about you again. You kind of know where you're at. Like you're no longer in the sort of disoriented state. And we'll say that's when. The door opens in the room that they've been keeping you in, 
and you can see Pastor Wood and Marie walk in. So now the three of you are together in this hospital room. And I'll hand it over to you guys. Hell, Patrick, you look like 10 miles of bad road. What you got yourself into? You come alone. I want to follow you. Not as far as I could see. Oh, can't be here right now. I can't be here right now. Pisner, he thinks I'm out of town. You met Pisner then. That's met him indeed. What kind of man is he? He's a lunatic. I don't know what he's after, but he doesn't want us here. And I would say Marie is like letting them have this conversation and she is looking around the area to see like if there's anyone keeping an eye on the room, if there's anyone uh, that seems to look like they snagged some clothing that they don't fit in, like just for anything suspicious, they're kind of they're having that conversation and she's just kind of looking around. You can give a you can give a spot in. If you're just trying to eye the the crowd, the the hospital itself. 856. So that is 856. a... 856. Hell yes. yes. Three okay. levels of success. Uh, okay. Uh, you... You look around and you notice that um, no one seems to be dressed strangely, but you do get the sense that there is a nurse uh, that has been, that looks very distraught. Um, like a little, like, like she's something, something's not quite right with her. Uh, and there's every now and then someone comes by and checks on her and, you know, she looks over towards the, you know, Patrick's room. Like it, it just kind of gives you strange vibes uh, every time you kind of look in that direction. It um, doesn't look like there's anyone threatening here. You don't see any signs of people like hiding guns or following you around or anything like that. But the one, the one thing that catches your attention is that that nurse that seems to be a little, a little worried. And so Marie, being Marie, will sort of go straight over to that nurse. Uh, yes, uh, dear. Might might I bother you for for a moment? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm. So- Yes, um, I'm sorry. I, I can I help you? Um, yes, I. Are there a discharge, uh, a time frame for discharge, or any discharge instructions uh, for print? Oh there? yes, uh, you you. Uh, he's he's free to go when he's when he's ready. Um, we've gone through paperwork and such. He's he's if he wants, he can. St- we have the room for the night if he wants to stay. But but he is he should be healthy enough uh, to move. Um, Yes. Yes. Oh, my my dear, has it been a, a long shift tonight? That's, yes. It's just, it, you could say that. Yes. It, uh, um, this job can, I, can get strange every now and then. Yes. I can quite, can quite imagine it might be, uh, might I get you a, a, a coffee or or something? Oh uh, no, no, no! Thank you. That's very sweet of you. That's very sweet of you. But no, I'm, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'm sorry. Some sometimes it's just a a good ear to a stranger who you're never going to see again. Sometimes you can just offload those things because you know it's never going to come back. I, I, I don't want to alarm you. 
Well, you you seemed alarmed, and you know, two to carry the load makes it lighter. Um, roll a charm test. Because that's that's your thing, right? And you're being very friendly. yeah, that is okay. definitely my thing. Uh, Twenty three under seventy two. Um. Uh, she kind of motions in. Motions you over so you're away from any potential like ears that could potentially be listening. She pulls you into a corner. She literally, you, she gets up from her seat and you physically move to like mm-hmm. the end of a hallway. No one else is around. I was, when I was, um, when I was tending to your, to your friend, um, he was coming in and out of consciousness. He'd lost a lot of blood and he was very dehydrated. And in this sort of state, uh, people say sometimes all sorts of things. Um, but the noises that were coming out of his mouth, they didn't sound... Um, I didn't like the way they made me feel. They weren't... Uh, they weren't really... Like, they were... This is stupid. This is this is absolutely stupid. No, I'm sorry. I'm no, just, it's just a, uh, I'm I'm sure there are so many things that you see coming through here, but this seems to quite I mean, you're professional as you are, this seems to quite have uh unsealed your nerve, as it were. Her hands shakes a little bit and she kind of wipes like you can see a little a tear uh that she goes I, I I've been at this long enough. I nothing should 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 bother me. I've seen stab wounds i've seen gun wounds i've seen burn victims i've seen all manner of pox and disease like you'd think just some words coming out of but he what did he say dear i don't know it was just the way he said it it was i i i spoke to him later and it didn't even sound like him it was like a different voice it was it was a different language, and I don't even know what the language is. I've heard L.A. is multicultural. Like, I, I've heard Chinese. I've heard Japanese. I've heard Spanish and French. It was nothing like that. It was something, oh, it, was, it was terrible, whatever. And it, I, I knew it was, I knew it meant harm. I, I don't know what it said, but it was, and he spit a bit of his and she looks at his hand at her hand and she kind of holds it up and there's a mark on the top of her hand and his spit hit me and well it burned oh my dear let me let me let me take a look and she sort of like puts her hand on no it's, it's fine it's fine it's fine i've already tended to it and but then when he woke up later, it was like he was a completely different person. And I was probably just imagining it is what it is. I I absolutely trust your your faculties, the things that you uh heard. I absolutely believe that you believe that you you heard them. It, do you, do you mind a, a bit describing a bit what what it was? 
like a was it like a low like a throaty kind of I I, I uh, it didn't sound like something a mouth could make you know it sounded like it almost sounded like some foul instrument trying to push air out in a way I tried to repeat it and she does she tries and Marie I'll say with your spot hidden will say it's it's a horrible imitation but it sounds not unlike in Savannah when you were in the rain and you were fighting those men and women um, a mixture of what looked like uh, like Caucasian folk and some Southeast Asian um, heritage and tattooed and angry and they spouted towards one another in a language that none of you understood. And even Beverly and even Shima, two extremely studied people, couldn't place it. And it sounds like a very poor imitation of whatever they were like the, the same sort of sounds that 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 too many vowel sounds at once it just doesn't make sense and it and it sounds foul and even as she says it you can see like she kind of winces just by saying those words or saying making those sounds oh my well i i can i can tell just even the attempt i i appreciate it very much uh but i can tell that even even just that attempt uh seems to be distressing you more i i just think i need to get a good night's sleep yes i think that's I, what i need my shift's over I, I in do. an hour and i'm just going to go home and i'm going yes. to sleep yes and I, I i do believe that as you said and i'm sure you've seen that sometimes when when some of us are just in the the throes of our pain that sometimes we'd just utter words that we just wouldn't think proper were we not in just such distress. Of course. I, I do hope that you are able to find of peace course. and that this, yes. I'm sorry, ma'am, there's somebody at the desk. I have to get back to work now. I hope I, your friend is free to go if you are ready to take him into your care. I'm sorry for bothering you for this, but thank you. You're that was very kind of you. I I have to go back. I, I thank you. And she just like no matter no matter what she tries, she just and she pushes herself back to her desk. And while she kind of turns around and does that, I, I want to see if I can get a better look because she kind of pulled her hand back a little bit. But I kind of mm -hmm. want to see that uh, burn or whatever she said was kind of on her hand. I just sort of want to see if I can get a better look at that. Uh, give me a spot hidden. All right. Uh, 39. 39 under 56. Uh, yes. It's kind of it's ovular um, in shape. Um, you can tell it almost, well, I mean, now that you think that and you say that outside, out loud and you look at it, it almost vaguely, vaguely, it could just be pure coincidence. 
It almost looks like the contours of a lip. Like someone blowing somebody else a kiss. She'll just sigh. And she will go find someone to grab a a coffee or something and just sort of bring it back to her. In the uh, medical room with Pastor Wood and Patrick Price, are you guys going on about anything? Uh, Mr. W, you got to take Mrs. W and get out of here. Never came in contact. You came here, you met a Jerry, the dead end. I can't be here. I don't believe that we should leave you here alone. He doesn't know I'm in town. I'll get a hotel east. Lay low. Why don't we just make sure we're not being followed and then we'll get you back to somewhere safe. Maybe we'll uh, even take you over to Frank Kearns. No, no. He knows about Kearns. He can't be watching us all, though. But he can pay people. You know those construction workers? Anybody could be watching. That's true, but... I, I know you may not be feeling your best right now this may be a tough prospect but what if our best avenue here is to speak with Mr. Pisner again you and I together oh he's not gonna like that he sees me he's gonna send people I'll back home tell you right now I don't give a damn if he likes it you should see what he did to me Show my finger. Very sorry about that, Patrick. I wish I could have been there to help you. Let's leave the hospital. I've been here long enough. Let's go. Staggered. I'll go out first. See if anyone's watching, following. Then you leave. 20 minutes after. All right. Make sure you keep in touch through messengers or messages at the front desk telling us where you're at. Of course. You better, Patrick. I'm sorry about all this. I'll be all right. And I'll uh, meet up with Miss Wynn and go out of the front door specifically watching to see if we're being followed or if anyone's watching us, that kind of thing. I'm sorry, we're leaving without Mr. Price? He doesn't want to be seen with us right now. He's worried that he'd be putting us in danger or himself in more danger. We are all in danger. And and she'll kind of lean in a little bit and kind of lower her voice. He was causing quite a scene before he regained his faculties. There is already a nurse here that is quite suspicious of him. If anyone is checking local hospitals for someone with an injury, she will talk. Well, you're free to convince him however you see fit. I told him that I plan on meeting Mr. Pisner again. He was not too fond of that idea, and I, I'm not one to push on this kind of matter. 
Marie will kind of circle back. Mr. Price. Marie, I told you to go. Our strength is in our numbers. There is one of Mr. Pisner. Yeah, he's the one man, but I don't know the I don't know the army behind him. I'm sorry? It's for your safety. Trust me. He, he's after you. More than me right now. He's after all of us. He thinks I'm out of town. I see. I can't be on the main stage right now, but I can work behind the scenes. Okay. I... I trust your wisdom. I do not like this course of action, but if he believes that you are out of town, then you showing back up at the hotel would likely be unwise. I'm glad you understand. Okay. So you stagger your way out, Pastor Wood. You go first, you look around, we'll roll over some some spot hiddens. You still don't get the sense you're being followed. Um, Marie, same thing as well. You, you can tell that the nurse breaks eye contact with you the minute it happens. She doesn't want to remember talking to you or anything like that. But otherwise, again, you don't think you're being followed. And Patrick will say you're, you've been using the name Jerry the whole time. Like whenever they've asked, you said you're Jerry. Okay. Yep. All right. And then eventually Patrick leaves. And the whole time, if Pastor Wood and Marie, if you linger out in the parking area and everything, you never see anyone follow. You see a cab come up and take Patrick off and away to a different hotel. And then the two of you presumably get in your car and drive back to your own. Yes, I believe so. Okay. We'll cut back then to your hotel where we see Shima and Beverly. They are pouring through papers and going over things. Um, it's nighttime. So there's really not a whole lot that you're able to go out and do, but I did want to give you to a beat. If there was anything that you were looking to do or if any, any scenes you were looking to have, um, was there any other things that you wanted to do this evening? I'm good. Yeah, okay. same. So they've been gone for a while. It was a, it was a long drive there. They spent some time there and then a long drive back. So they're going to be gone for quite some time. Um, but you all, at a certain point, um, return, Pastor Wood, Marie, where you come obviously into the into the suite you have with Shima and with Beverly and Pastor, you have your you have your own your room. And then Patrick, you find yourself a new hotel, not to, you know, you know, somewhere. And night passes. Morning comes without any other strangeness. And in the morning, uh, as you all are getting ready and you're you look at your outside your hotel uh hotel rooms, uh, you see things on the ground. You see none uncommon, newspaper. Uh, but outside of your your room, Pastor, you see a newspaper on the ground. 
and it is not the front page. It has been opened and redone and then folded and it's been left on what looks like this crime subsection of the morning LA times. And there's a headline that says local investigator, Maurice Pisner killed an office. And it has this little story about the investigation. And then you see a little note in the side written in a very similar hand to the notes that you saw on the desk of Jack, of Jack Pisner. And it says, I'm coming for you. Beverly, Shima, Marie, you open your room. You see the newspaper as well, but yours is exactly where it's supposed to be. Top of the fold, etc. And you notice that next to it, there is a beautiful little envelope that says Bev. And you can see there is a little small bouquet of flowers. And Bev, when you open it up, you see there's a note to you. It is written from Ed Exley. And he invites everyone in the group to join him. And he gives you an address near the water. Uh, because tonight, tonight, the uh, the Midnight, Just, Midnight Duchess is having a soiree. And we'll go ahead and we'll end on that. And we'll pick up <laughs> yeah. there next week. Okay. Oh, shit. Long. We got some planning to do. <laughs> Long, great job this session. It was so finger. good. Long, you killed it. MVP. Everyone. That was really good. That was, that was a great session. You guys are, that was really, really fun. That Lots of stuff of going fun. on. So many things. Oh, my God. All right. Where's Steven. I'm going to yeah. be beating Pisner at high noon. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I thought about having him break down uh, your hotel room and shooting you the way you broke down uh, his business office, but I figure he's more of a guy who he wants some play, mental. He's going to play with his food first, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's going to take out the rest of them first, and then he's going to come for you. Well, it looks like we're both willing to escalate. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of you is old and slow. Yeah. <laughs> Poor poor Maurice, man. He had nothing to do with this. He was just a guy just doing his job. Well, Jack was (laughs) telling Patrick about how much Mo would be excited to hear about like cutting off the finger and all that. You don't know that. (laughs) Jerry didn't tell you that. All right. Let's do some plugs and let's get out of here so Stephen can get some rest and get better and uh, and get healthy and we all can have fun again. So um, what do we got next? Next up, next game is uh, Monday uh, as we've got uh, we've got Fragged Empire. You can see Melissa, myself, my trays. We're playing through some crazy sci-fi shenanigans uh, Tuesday. Uh, our buddy, uh, our buddy Pete over at Garbly Games is making a game that is currently up on Kickstarter. It's called Heroic Deeds. It's kind of an old school style of game, but with some sort of new school techniques. And uh, Aaron is running us through a little preview of it for a couple weeks. Uh, and we're doing like an ode to Hamlet. If you're familiar with the village of Hamlet, we're doing a couple things around it. It's not the full adventure, it's, but we're using that as sort of the backdrop. Uh, so come hang out. Maybe take a look at the Discord uh, for heroic deeds. If you have any questions about, it, maybe take a look at our Discord too. And then uh, you can always go see Kickstarter, see if it's kind of your deal. Maybe give it a back. 
our other friend Chuck, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, Chuck is making a game as well. Defenders of Cobalt. It's going to be up on Kickstarter next week. You can currently go and get reminded from the page. Uh, it's called Teenage Odyssey. It uses the Mark of the Odd system, uh, which we love here. I absolutely love that system. Uh, and so that'll be going up on Kickstarter to be live next week if you want to take a peek and uh, maybe give it back. Uh, that'd be awesome as well. Uh, so that's so that's Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then Thursday, we've got our finale of Werewolf the Apocalypse. Uh, just, just that little old thing. Uh, possibly the finale. I don't know. It could take longer than one session. But we're, we're storming... A very dangerous military, uh, paramilitary base. So I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, next oh, Friday. Fine. Yeah. Next Friday. Apparently, uh, apparently I'm just getting into the habit of taking these people hostage as uh, as Pastor Wood got shot and taken hostage. Not Pastor Wood, but whatever the hell Steve's <laughs> character's name is. Uh, as we're playing some Delta Green. Uh, that's where we're at. Um, have I missed anything? We have so many now that I have to mention. Uh, have I missed anything? Steven? 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 Yeah. Have I missed oh. anything? I, I didn't realize you were hinting towards me at first. It was not a real question. Uh, it was a rhetorical <laughs> question. I was missing something giving you the opportunity. Right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. It's all good. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. No, it's all good. Uh, I'm working on my own tabletop role-playing game. Uh, it's called Huckleberry. It's a Weird West game. Uh, very action-packed, action-oriented. Uh, and I'm playtesting it, open playtesting. So if you feel like uh, hanging out and playing a couple sessions with me, uh, all you have to do is be on our Discord uh, and... Uh, you can join in from there. Uh, so please come do that and uh, let's play some games together. Fantastic. I have played it. None of these people have played it because they don't care about Steven as much as I do. Uh, I have played it. We already knew that about Melissa, but you know, like, <laughs> long yeah. Ashley, my trade that hurts. Ashley's that hurts. the worst. <laughs> I get some freaking profanity <laughs> tirades in discord messages about you. It's crazy. My yeah. Yeah. He says about the yet. one person where if I look at you wrong, I'm crying because I feel bad. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so that's it. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, if you're watching this later on stream and you wanted to see any of those links, check the show notes. I got them all down there. Uh, otherwise, let's go ahead and give somebody a raid. Looks like the let's, let's do the fact tear. Uh, they've raided us before. So Star Wars scum and villainy. Let's go take a look at what they're doing. Have a great rest of your night. Great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. I'll be seeing you.